0: In Matthew 419, Jesus says, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Join us in this conversation as we discuss following Jesus, leadership, and doing life with others. Welcome to the 419 Disciple Makers Podcast. And now back to part two of our conversation with Alan White. Knowing more about Jesus, I think, has become the goal of
1: the Western church, but I think the actual goal of the church is to know Jesus more. Wow, that's good. Um, and, And so... That, that's where you see it in, in our seminaries, in our Bible studies. Of let me let me get more information. Let me learn about what other theologians have to say Sermons. about God. Yeah, absolutely. Um, versus the real goal is for each of us individually to know Christ more and to help others walk down that same path. Yeah, um, and that's so much more abstract and harder to manage. It's easier to manage content. Um, it's a lot harder <laughs> to manage progress and growth and walking down a path. But that's what we're called to do. Well, and
0: content doesn't make me vulnerable either, does it? No. I don't have to share how I've failed at this or how I've struggled with this if I just say, well, here's what Jesus said in Matthew. And it's what it, mean, it's what it means for those people. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Romans 12 means for those people. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's a whole well, lot different. Like we were doing for a, the first apply. four years of ministry, right? <laughs> right. exactly, exactly. <laughs> wow, that's incredible. What would you say to the guy who's out there who um, is, says, you know, Alan, I've been in small groups before. I've been in Bible studies. I've been around the church. I might have even taken a mission trip, Um, but I think God has something more for me. What would you say to that person? Hmm. Define more. I don't know. I'm I'm asking for them. (laughs) Well, you know, I I don't have all that I need. And and if the assumption is I need more knowledge, then I'll be good. Right. And we just said that that's not the case. How would you direct that person or advise that person?
1: I, I think you've got to get into a scenario where other people are pushing you. Okay. Um, which I think, especially as, as as men at least, we're we're wired by competitiveness, hmm. um, and so I don't mean it. In a I can achieve I know some more. women like that. I yeah, know, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I I'm not. I don't want just try to achieve more spiritual gold stars. Mm. Um, that's not the objective. <laughs> but by by having other men that are also striving, I think in that striving we're pushing each other. So you know, when when another man shares in my group something that he's struggling with, I can think about where I struggle with that in my own life, and that pushes me to reflect on that and be like, wow, maybe I'm not viewing that the right way either. Maybe I'm not operating in a Christ-like manner either, mm-hmm. even if that's not what popped in my head. And so, again, doing it in a vacuum, you can only get challenged by your own thoughts versus doing it in a group. You're challenged by other people's lives. Um, wow. So that, for me, just opens up so much more. It's messier, um, but I think by being able to share triumphs and struggles with each other, it just helps us each to, to push further, You know, yeah. especially from the benefit of me now. I'm the quote-unquote leader of our small group, but I'm the youngest by... 5 or 10 years. Um so I would really call the um, You're the you're the leader and you're the youngest? Yeah, I, I'd call myself the facilitator. And so okay. the great thing for me now is I've got men in my group that have teenagers, they have kids that are in their 20s. Um and so I I get to learn so much from their wisdom. You're working with dads, um, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Um you know, and I have some biblical knowledge that they don't have. Mm-hmm. And so we do have some things to share with each other, but if if I just assume that I have the the, the moral high ground, because I'm the professional pastor, might have more biblical knowledge. That'd be pretty ignorant of me versus mm-hmm. they, they these are men that have lived it out in much tougher years of parenting. I mean, going through parenting as 12 to 18-year-olds is a whole lot harder than parenting seven to nine-year-olds. <laughs> uh, there may be parents of seven to nine-year-olds listening. That offends it them. That says, no way, true. yeah. No, parenting teenagers Actually, you just scared harder. them is what happened. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I see that and I, there's wisdom to be gained from the successes and failures of other people. And I I think spiritually that's definitely true.
0: Man, you know, I I wish I would have learned that lesson earlier. I did ministry like you for a long time, thinking it's about transmitting knowledge. And and, and when you get into a group and you share the scriptures and you pray for it, you're known. Mm -hmm. You know them and they know you, that vulnerability. I've I've seen more spiritual traction in people's lives from that. But there's something that keeps us from wanting to do that. Uh, I think it's time commitment, Uh, I know you minister in a culture that is just under the gun with things to do and places to be. And, you know, like you said, half your guys are traveling now for business and their kids are in travel leagues. And how do you find time to spend with the Lord to have enough to give away and then be in this type of a group? How do you do that?
1: Well, time's an excuse. Hmm. You know, I don't have
0: enough time. I'm too busy.
1: Uh, you know, busyness is the plague of the modern church goer. Wow. Um, I, I've got too much going on. Oh, okay. Do you, or, or, or could you carve out an hour? Yeah. Because um, I could say, well, I, you know, there's no way I can do 7 a.m. on Thursdays because I got to put my kids on the bus. And then what if a student wants to meet with me? I've just found it too important. Um, it, it, it's, I'm of more value to our students and parents, if they say, I want to meet you on a Thursday morning, I'm of more value telling those people, no, I can't meet with you because mm. I have my men's group, because being in my men's group makes me a better pastor for them down the road. Okay. Um, and so when people use the excuse of time, and we as church workers are terrible too. How many times do we get in a meeting and we go around the meeting, how's everybody doing? Busy, tired, overwhelmed. What yeah. a sad thing. We shouldn't be that way as, God. as church workers, <laughs> yeah. as as Christians. We should not be too busy to do the thing that's most important. Mm. Now, can we have full lives? Absolutely. I, my kids have basketball on Saturday, right? My, my kids have VBS over the summers, and we go on family vacations, and my wife leads a women's. Sure, we have things in our lives that we need to juggle, but if it's important, you'll cut out time for it. Um, and, and that's I, I think that's the big obstacle is is conveying to someone that hasn't tasted that yet. Yeah. How important it is, and I didn't know it till I got into something like that. Okay, um, but now I couldn't go back. Yeah, you know, I can feel it in my life when we take off for Christmas break. Let's say for three or four weeks, I can feel it not having that group, not having that time with those men. It just, I'm just not as grounded.
0: Yeah, I, I, you know, um, Dallas Willard, one of my favorite authors, said, um, "You'll either find a way or find an excuse." Mm-hmm. And um, I know if people are in different stages of life. I get all that. Um, but I, I see that, you know, we're we've all we're all pretty good at making excuses as to why I can't, you know, be in a discipleship group, be a disciple. Uh, what is it, in your opinion, that—and I agree, the busy, you know, the devil, make, he won't make you bad, he'll make you busy. And both have the same result, right? What do you see um, in the men that are moving from being a disciple to a disciple maker? What's the difference for you? What are you witnessing as men make that transition?
1: <laughs> I think mean, one is you get more and more comfortable with how much you don't know. Ah, I think that's one of the biggest obstacles when you're moving. The, I think the 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 gap in, in into not pursuing your own faith walk in, and moving into discipleship is is time. I, I think the gap from moving from discipleship into disciple making is doubt, doubt in your own abilities to be able to do this thing. that seems like this this grand calling, and it is a grand calling. But it's not meant for the select few, hmm. um, and so I think being being comfortable with the the mystery. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've heard it said many times that the, the older I get, the more comfortable I become with the mysteries of God, and that's such a word of wisdom I've heard. Wow. Um, of I, I I don't understand everything, um, it's and like, that's okay. And that's okay. Yeah, because again, disciple making is not about transmitting knowledge; it's about transforming lives. And you, as the disciple maker. You're not transforming anything. It's not you, anyways. <laughs> it's the Holy the Spirit Lord. transforming the people. Right. And so all you are is facilitate. That's why you know, again, I'm the men's. I'm the leader of our men's group. I facilitate the conversation. I ask, okay, here's the next part that we're going to look at. But yeah. then the conversation evolves from there. And so I think moving into that and just trusting that you've been given the skill set and the relationship through your discipleship process. Moving into disciple making is really just taking that leap and saying, I'm going to give it a go. Um, and I don't have all the answers. And it's okay to get to a group and say, I had a bad week and I didn't do my homework.
0: Yeah. Well, you know? it, 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 I think it's that word you use, facilitator, earlier. When you see yourself that way, and it's not on me to change these people. Right. It's on me to create the space for the Holy Spirit to do his work. Yeah. It's a boundaries thing. And I'm probably not going to ever see all the work the Holy Spirit's doing anyway, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. yeah so um I had a guy ask me the other day about 419 we were talking about it you know we're pretty excited about this podcast honestly because we know it's going all over the world we have people subscribing other countries and so we, we don't we don't know what the Lord's going to do with this but he asked me he said so why 419 what does that stand for and of course you know that um, that stands for a scripture uh, that we think is important in discipleship. What scriptures guide you maybe that one um, that you could unpack for us for a minute? Uh, that kind of guides your thinking around this concept of disciple making.
1: Well, with, of course, you know, with with my kids, it would be the scripture of Deuteronomy. You train them up in the ways of the Lord and write them. Like we discussed earlier, so when I think of my kids, I think of that way. Um, I think for me, it would be John one fourteen. Um, hmm. In the message, it says that that Jesus came in the flesh and moved into the neighborhood. You know, wow. God put on flesh and moved in the neighborhood in the form of Christ, and He was full of two things, and that was grace and truth. Hmm. Um, and so for me discipleship is so much about that, right? And so we're sharing God's truth with each other, but we're doing it in a graceful way um, because I, I think there's a need to gracefully call people out mm-hmm. and, and to hold each other accountable for things, um, to ex- examine difficult truths. I mean, we're in we're in volume three of the study that we're doing right now. And what we've noticed is that each volume what's the, what's is- What's that study? It's uh, the Training of the Twelve. Oh, okay. Um, which is great it's a great study, but each one has gotten more and more complex. Um, and so with the first one, you're looking at more of the Beatitudes and- uh, some of the basic commands of Christ. Now we're getting to some things where it's it's teachings that you go, you kind of you read it and you, and you think, huh, and you scratch your head. Um, and, and so allowing the the truth of Scripture, the truth of Christ, to challenge our lives, and, and then be graceful in that process. That to me is such a guiding principle in 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 a in a f- actual group where wow. this is the set group of people, but also just a lifestyle. Um, I, I think that's what we all probably err too far on one side right? Because we we are 100% human. So we Mm -hmm. exist on a spectrum. And so some of us are way, way graceful. And perhaps that turns us into being too passive. Mm. And some of us are way too truthful. And that turns us into jerks. (laughs) Um, Versus (laughs) I think there's a way for us to share God's truth with other people and to allow God's truth to infiltrate our own lives, but do it in a graceful way that says God accepts us exactly as we are, but refuses to leave us that way. Oh, yeah. Therefore, we need to interact with each other in the same way. I accept you just as you are, but I'm not going to let you stay there. Um, and I don't want you to let me stay there. Uh, and so for me, that John one fourteen is it's a life verse. It's a, it's, a, it's a youth ministry verse. It's a men's discipleship verse. It's just something that for me is just a guiding principle, I think, in all of those areas. Because the goal is to be full of grace and truth. Christ is full of grace and truth, not 50-50 it was 100%
0: 100%. I love the way you said that because um, theologically we'll use words like incarnation and you know I have no most of us have no idea what that means <laughs> but to think that God God's word put on flesh or a skin suit and moved into the neighborhood. I could see how that would that would prep you for your group, that would prep you for inviting people to your group and uh, would encourage you uh, especially even just doing youth ministry. One thing I know about you is that you're a math whiz. I know you tutor math and your mom is a college math professor, your dad was a CPA or accountant and I'm so proud that you haven't brought a math equation into our conversation yet. Huh? Zero math equations. I'll do that later when yeah. I'm tutoring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's that is restraint. Yes. Appreciate that. Um wonderful. Well, I know you got a lot of things going on. I appreciate the time that you gave us today. Um, what is one One thought, I mean, since you don't know who's listening to this, um, we're just assuming that people that are listening to this are interested in God's plan for their life. Uh, As a pastor, as a father, as a discipler, how would you encourage a man in that right now, or a woman, um, in that God has a plan for their life? What would you say to them today?
1: I would say that it's something that we discover and not something that we learn. Um, Mm. I think that's true of our plan for our life, for our our spouses, our kids. Um, I think sometimes perhaps we over-define things um, in the church um, <laughs> out of, a, out of a, a goal of doing good, um, and we put things in a box versus, for me, spiritual development, spiritual growth, discovering God's plan for your life, being known, knowing Jesus, knowing yourself. Uh, I think all of these things are so much more abstract. Um, and so I think when people look at me and be like, I don't think I'm going to be able to get that. But, well, yeah, you're not going to right now. Mm. Um, why don't you just peek around the corner? Wow. You know, when you go hiking, unless you're hiking in Kansas, you don't see the end point from the start point. Um, and and so I think spiritual growth has to be something that you discover and you kind of stumble down the road. And that's why it's helpful to have other people that you're stumbling along with. A lot of times Mm -hmm. I think we call it a spiritual walk. Maybe we should call it a spiritual stumble. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <You know, laughs> I'm stumbling uh, for Jesus. Yeah, here. exactly. Yeah. Because that's probably more <laughs> accurate in it. And, and and you discover new things. I mean, I discovered some spiritual practices this past fall that have been incredibly impactful to my life. And they're abstract and like what? Um Lectio Divina, uh the prayer of examine. Um it's just a lot of these um kind of older spiritual practices that are starting to come back into the church. And I'm discovering for the first time, they've been around for centuries and centuries and other people have been doing them for years and years, but I've discovered them and, and they're not boxy and they're not formula driven, uh, which for me, oddly with my math background, is yeah. is um, it's freeing. Um, I, I have a tendency to over systemize things, which hmm. includes my own spiritual growth and the spiritual growth of others. <laughs> um, and so, to have a plan in place and a and a goal in place is good. Um, but I think to go into it knowing that it's a bit abstract um, and a bit hard to get around, actually, I think takes the burden off of us. Wow! Because then it means it's not my, my my objective or my role to understand the whole picture. Um, it's but just truly to, being led, it, it is. It is. Um, it's stumbling around the corner. Yeah.
0: You know? With a God who knows the future, right, and 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 everything that He has planned for us is for our good. Mm-hmm. May not feel good, right, <laughs> but it is for our good. It That's Romans eight, isn't it? Well, the guys that you're discipling are really blessed to have you uh, leading them. Um, I know you're shaping and and I know you're helping to shape those lives. God's doing the transformation. Uh, I really appreciate uh, again you sharing all that with us. If somebody wanted to get more information around like lectio divina or the spiritual practices that have helped you, um, uh, what was the other one you said? The uh, examine comparative examine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, w- where would one go to do that? What would you advise them to do?
1: Um, let's see the books that I've read. There's there's sacred rhythms. There's strengthening the soul of your leadership, um, and then right now I'm reading the eternal current. Um, are are by, both
0: of those by Ruth Haley Barton? I think so. Okay.
1: Yeah, I'm not good I with think author they're... names. Um, but then uh, Aaron Nyquist just wrote a book or has had a book out for a while called The Eternal Current. Um, so it's kind of all in that. It's the, the Jesuit uh, movement has a lot of those spiritual practices. And I've known about them for a long time, but I've never seen them put into practice in the way that I've seen just in the past few months. Yeah, um, And so... Looking into those spiritual practices has just been very freeing for me. Yeah.
0: Well, awesome. Well, thank you for uh, for sharing all of that with us. And I know that you're if you're listening out there today, I know you're you're blessed by Alan Um, and just his personal journey, uh, the way God's equipped him for ministry, and the way he's using uh, using that to to bless his family. And uh, that's God's plan for you is to really not be a burden to your family, but be a blessing to really help and shape and mold them into the way that God's created them to be. And then also, um, who are the men in your life? Who are people you can call to say, hey, let's sit down and share a cup of coffee and some scripture and just see where the Lord takes it? The discovery Alan talked about, I love that. Um, that is freeing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. We don't have to have all the answers. No, we do not. <laughs> but we know where to get them. Right. We know who's got them, and it, it unfolds for us. So thank you so so much for that. Um, Alan, appreciate you. Thank you for having me. Uh, you must have had a wonderful youth pastor, it's all I can say. <laughs> hey, thanks for listening to 419 and... Uh, Man, we're excited uh, for our next guest that's going to be coming on, but hope you have an amazing, an amazing week. Go make disciples. For more information, check out our website, 419disciplemakers.org. Join us again next week as we continue our conversation on the 419 Makers podcast.